Well, here we are, another week, another Full Throttle Thursday, and Joe Rogan is in the news. But it seemed like for a while there, the buzz had died down. I'm hoping that more and more people start to understand what cancel culture is and how if you stand up for it, you are not going to succumb to it. I think that's what Joe did. And although he's still in the news here and there, it's not nearly as hot as it once was. So come inside, listen to this conversation. David and I are revisiting some old conversations about cancel culture, about Joe Rogan, and about how people tried to take him down and inevitably failed. Let's go. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, back in the studio for another Full Throttle Thursday David's got some important conversation we want to is have it today. Thursday already? It is Thursday, isn't it great? Man, every day it seems like we have one of these every week. It seems like <laughs> Thursday comes up every yeah. single week, and what we're happy to have that? it. So yeah, we wanted to. Uh, we're actually going to do a little revisit here um, about uh, bringing up a conversation we had last month about the entire shitstorm around Joe Rogan and the attempt to really yeah. put a chink in his armor and cancel his voice, and uh, it's gotten eerily quiet. So I know you've been keeping up to date and uh, paying attention to what's going on. Why don't you brief us on? what you've been seeing well the last the last comment that i've seen was that samuel l jackson uh and that was recent yeah that one yeah that one was recent yeah. so i thought that was that was really interesting consider- what was your take on that I thought it was ridiculous, to like, be honest with you. I think Samuel L. Jackson has enough clout in the industry to where he doesn't need to put his name and attach yeah. to Rogan to get clicks. Do you think, my head immediately went to that, and maybe that's shit. I don't know. I, I, I think that it, it has to do with um, uh, lining up with the people that he wants to, to line up with. Strategic. So, he, you know, his whole argument was that uh, he had a problem with how comfortable Joe was with using the word. And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck do you know how comfortable he is? I mean, it's like these people are always like they're going to get in there and they're going to do mind reading on people. You don't know how comfortable he was using the word. And even if he was comfortable, do you know why he would be comfortable with using the word? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing that he's comfortable using the word. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an, an interesting thing. And and so, you know, the my idea around this. First of all, I think it's a great study in human character as far as um, what is it that triggers a person and how could a person actually be canceled. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this was because I think that anybody that is anybody that finds themselves in a situation, which basically means everybody can find themselves in this situation, to be subjected to the cancel culture, whether you get canceled or not is really up to you. It is not up to them, and up to them. And I completely think that Rogan Rogan proves that he stood up. Yeah, he he totally yeah, stood up. He stood up. He, totally he, stood up. he was quiet when he needed to be quiet, and he spoke up when he needed, he needed to be spoke up. Just going back to the Samuel L. Jackson piece, which just dropped uh, earlier on this week, uh, February twenty eighth. That Rogan video, that apology video, where he talked yeah. about using the N word, right. was at the beginning of February. Is when that was dropped. So basically, four weeks had passed, and all of a sudden, this comes out. I find the timing of it fascinating. I don't know if. It's 
it's because of the award seasons ramping up with, I don't know what's going on, what Samuel L. has going on in his life, but I find it fascinating that if he had an opinion, why wait until now when it, in essence, was dead? In my opinion, this was dead until he brought it up again, because when I did a quick search, boom, there was Rogan once again. Well, so, so the, you know, if a person will just, if they'll, if one of the strategies to getting around the cancel culture thing is to just wait it out, to not do anything, not run away, not hide or anything, but just wait it out because what has to happen is that the news needs another relevant story except for Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan for a week or two was everywhere. And of course the whole Russia uh, thing came up and, and that they don't care about it now because they have something else to sell on the news and people have to realize that's what's happening. The news perpetuates this shit because they're selling this, right? They make money off of selling you uh, the destruction of a human being or the potential destruction of a human being. And who gives a fuck what anybody else thinks about um, uh, Joe or or any of the other uh, ordeal that he went through with, um, you know, the government actually trying to sure. trying to to silence him. Um, I think it's cool though that the speaking up, like standing up, like most people would hide from this. Like you said, if you want to get around, if you want to circumvent the cancel culture, I love how you say that's on you, not on them. I mean, they can only cancel you if you allow yourself to be canceled. Now, a lot of people might say, well, that doesn't make sense because there's power in numbers. I am but one, they are but many. But the truth is, is that as long as you stick to your convictions and you wait it out, like you said, that you cannot be canceled. I think that's basically what Rogan provided the blueprint for. Right, exactly. And, you know, the the thing is, is that it feels like the whole world is actually coming after you. And the reality is, is that it's actually just a few select people and it's intense for a short period of time. But the only reason that it has any space in the news is because there's no space for anything else, right? So people are putting it in the news because it's, it's clickbait. Sure. Right. It's, it's clickbait, which supports their advertising and all of that crap. But I have watched now for, for several years since this whole cancel thing started. Um, and the interesting was I was shocked at how many people were just giving into it and just kind of going away, you know, people in the YouTube area and, you know, all of that. The influencers kind of faded yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And people were, were saying to me, why would they do that? Why would they um, Why would they not actually fight it, uh, regardless of, of what it was? And the perception in the mind is that, um, you know, you're humiliated, you're, sh- you're shamed, you're embarrassed, you're whatever. The, because basically what they're saying is you're guilty before you're proven guilty, right? You know, there's no, there's no uh, room for innocence until proven guilty. Yeah, if somebody, flipped. you know, it's the Salem witch trials. If yeah. somebody accuses you, that's all that has to happen is that somebody accuses you. Yeah. So, and of course, we know that this is happening with a lot of different things, but the idea is what happens if you stop taking the advice of all the idiots out there and just say, fuck off, yeah. right? You just go about doing your thing. Your because shape. here's the deal. The people that love Rogan, love Rogan. And they're going to love Rogan no matter what Rogan does, right? They're, 
if anything in history shows is that people forgive and forget really, really damn totally. fast. Well, like in, in the podcast we did before, I was saying I had to scroll. I, I kept scrolling, like doom scrolling over and over again on some of those uh, Rogan, um, like Instagram video that he put out. There wasn't a single negative comment right. in the feed, which I find fascinating because trolls be trolls, right? Yep. So the fact that I couldn't find one shows you that his audience is loyal. But I think out of this, he probably even has a bigger audience now. Oh, I'm sure it is. I wasn't able to find any data on sure. on his numbers uh, right now, but I what I know after watching how many people that are his friends or that know him personally have responded, the one thing that seems to be very accurate, and I don't know Rogan, um, but the one thing that seems to be very accurate is the way his character and the way he treats other people, uh, because they all keep saying the same thing that he's an amazing person, that uh, he's a humble man. Um, he's a very intelligent man, but he really, he really treats people well. And he goes out of his way to help people if he, if he can. And it's just one person after another that says that. Mm -hmm. So when a person has that kind of experience with someone, what I, what I was really glad to see was that people actually came to bat for him. Um, when I hit what's, what's also been interesting in the cancel culture years is that so many people went down and nobody came to bat. Which they is just interesting. Turn their back. Turn, yeah, so it's kind of like anybody that goes to bat for somebody who that's current, currently being canceled is up to get themselves sucked into being canceled yeah. on top of it, you know. Um, and of course, today everybody's a racist and a Nazi. So if you disagree with anything, you're a racist and a Nazi. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself <laughs> already. Like that. Like, are are you even an educated person? You think that's going to bother me? You call me a racist or a Nazi? I mean, that's the position that people need to take on it. Like, please just get over yourself already. That's it's not. Yeah. It can't. Here's my point. It can't stick unless you let it stick, right? Call me whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. And that's what Rogan's doing. He could give a shit, right? He's just going to keep doing what he's doing. He knows how the game works. He, he's been inside of, of this culture for a long time. He's done many podcasts where he's actually talked about the Hollywood elite and how eight out of 10 are absolutely nuts, right? You know, the actors, the actresses or whatever, he's like, they're absolutely crazy and they all want to be something that they're not. And they all pretend to be something that they're not. And, uh, you know, the minority is actually healthy. Like he says, there's some really great people, but the majority of them are just like wackadoodle. And that's what Rogan has said over and over again. Well, but he's been in the industry. Sure. He knows since the firsthand 90s. accounts. Yeah. 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 You and know. he, and he, I mean, he is a well-adjusted, curious person. I he mean, works on himself. He does. To an insane degree. Yeah. Like he constantly looks for places that are weak and he, he does something to overcome that weakness. You know, I mean, if you, you, you don't, you never know who's actually really working on themselves or not. But because he, because of his podcast, because that he is an athlete, he works with a lot of athletes, has a lot of athletes on the podcast. Um, uh, he all you know he's he's always in a position to talk about different things and what he's working on, and he openly admits that when he finds something that he considers weakness, he seriously works on it to overcome that weakness. That's his philosophy. That's his his. Um, uh, 
his value system, you if, know? If you would have told me 10 years ago that we would be hosting a podcast, talking about a guy on another podcast of being the largest voice in the world, I would have said, you're crazy. Right. That belongs to CNN. That right. belongs to Fox News. That has changed significantly. Have you noticed any changes in Joe and how he runs his show because of what has happened in the past month? Because that was my biggest fear. My biggest fear, and I think I did say this to you off off air one time, it'll be interesting to see how Joe handles himself coming out of this firestorm he was involved in. Will he change how he responds? Will he change how he how he acts towards his guests? Will he use little kid gloves to handle some of these more Doesn't sensitive situations? Be. Doesn't, Doesn't appear, to be. appear to be. The change that I've noticed that he's made is that he, he is doing what he said he would do, where he, he would have more people on that have a different opinion. Um, he seems to be making a concerted effort to actually do that. And what I noticed, um, and I don't remember the person that was on the show. Uh, let me see if it'll come to me as I'm talking about this. It did seem that it was, it was difficult um, for him to do something when he knew, or he had, I shouldn't say he knew, he had evidence that the person was lying. Or storytelling, ah. um, so he 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 was more confronting that, bringing it up. He was he was trying to, but he he actually he was actually giving the guy space to say what his opinion was when Joe knew that there were facts that actually said different. Oh, I know who it was. It was uh, it was Olstein. It was I think Osterham Osterham uh, Michael Osterholm. Yeah, so he's the episode seventeen seventy nine clinic. I think. What clinic is he from? I listened to that one. He is the director of the uh, Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy. It looks like um, he's got his own podcast. It doesn't say Mayo here. I can look that up. But um, I listened to that episode too, and that guy was talking circles. I was getting he, so well, Joe could nail him down no, on anything. he wouldn't answer a damn right, question. Right. Like, he I'm would, not at liberty to say. Yeah, I'm not, yeah so... totally. But he kept pressing him, and it was very interesting, especially when you consider that that came on the front end of his conversation with Majid Nawaz, which we talked about right. recently on this podcast as well. So, yeah, Michael Osterholm. I'll have to look that one up. So but that's a change. So that's a change that I've seen him make. He's, he's, he's bringing people on with a different opinion. And, you know, as, as I was thinking about that, one of the things that's interesting is let's say that Joe goes down a road where he's an, where he's exposing a narrative that is either questionable or there's doubt around, or it hasn't been proven or, or accepted yet. If, and let's say he's on to something, right? Let's say he's actually on to breaking something big in the news. If he brings somebody on that is very involved in keeping that narrative quiet, what it's going to do is it's going to expose it even more. Uh, because you're not, I mean, once it starts to come out that people are bullshitting about stuff, especially about health and the pandemic and, and all of that stuff, you're not going to keep it quiet anymore. Like once it, once it's out of the bag and it's coming out every day, new things are actually coming out where they lied about this or they lied about that. Um, you're not going to keep it down. You're just not going to, because once that hallucination is broken over the majority of individuals, then it's gone. You're not, you, you never get that. You never get it back. You can get it back with something different, but you won't get it back around, around those topics. But I don't see him. I don't see him not being 
as aggressive as he was or asking less difficult questions. Still the same I, guy. Yeah, I just see him trying to balance out, which is what he said he would do. He did. He, he would try to bring people on that had uh, conflicting opinions. And he said he'd bring them in in a less frequent, meaning the shorter cutting the frame. shorter time frame. Yeah. So I'm going to have this guy on on this day, and a few days later I'll have this guy on. And I think that's really important because I think – in, in today's day and age, not to bring politics into this, but we hear people say they're going to do something in order to get into an office, and then they don't follow through. Joe is actually following through with what he's doing. You're not going to censor him. I think I haven't heard much from the Spotify side of things. They're not looking to, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure his, his, his content is still off. I'm sure that still will stay off, but they're not, this sort of just faded into the, into the, the distance. Well, we, yeah, and, and here's the thing. This is what people need to realize. Um, that it will only be relevant until something more relevant Bigger. shows up in the news yeah. or in the world. And right now, I mean, we've got the most uh, incredible, crazy-ass situation going on right now that we've ever seen. I mean, the whole idea with Russia and the Ukraine yeah. and Putin's brought nukes into it now, and it's like and it's... Then- a few weeks before that, it was the Canadian protests the Canadian and haven't heard yeah. much going on on that yeah, side of things. Nobody gives a shit about it's, what it's, Joe said now. It's People next. are like, holy fuck, are we going to get nuked? Yeah. So he's in the clear. Yeah. It's over. He's in the right? clear and it's and over. There will be there will be the, the douchebag that tries to bring it up in the future when things calm down, but it's gone. The, the narrative's gone. He's moved on. And anybody that tries to bring it up again is going to look like an idiot. Yeah, and, and there's a strategy in play for those people that do bring it up because Rogan is a highly Googled individual. It's probably, I mean, I Googled him in advance of this interview today and just having a conversation, and there it was, and it had the date on it. I'm thinking to myself, how is that? It's That was today that this is coming out. I thought that this was gone, but when Samuel L. Jackson brought this back around, here we sit again, but it will not get any traction so, outside so, of today. So here's what I didn't look into, perhaps you know. Was it brought back around because somebody asked him a question about it? Yeah, yeah I think... If, I'll pull it up, but what I saw was this was sort of an interview that was done with, um, I believe it was, let me see if I can pull it up, um, Joe Rogan. The, he spoke to the Times, and it was about Rogan's use of the N-word and uh, his, what he perceived as not being a genuine apology, and it doesn't matter what context it was taken out of, um, but it is on the Times website, and the Times is, I don't know, apparently that's a, is that a UK uh, what what times the New York Times? It just says the Times. Oh, the Times. Yeah, I'm so then sure. it's like UK. It it, it, I, it the link in the article sent me to the UK. Well, here's something interesting. Did you see the the article that um, it's possible that he's dealing with dementia? No. Pull that up. See if that really? shows up. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm tr- I'm correct on on that. No kidding. Because I saw it briefly. I didn't read it. Is it yeah. is it there? Um, I don't see anything just yet. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, I mean, he's got a history of being in, um, you know, he was in the octagon. I mean, he's taken a few pops. No, not Joe. Oh, not Joe? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? See if you can find that. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, see if you can find that. Because if if I'm correct about that, there's a point that I want to make. Okay. Let me see if it's here. So this was about two weeks ago. Uh Um, Samuel L. Jackson worried about having dementia because it affected many of his family members. Uh Um, This came out on, looks like, the end of February. 
Um, he's afraid of being he's afraid of being stricken with dementia. He's seventy three years old. Um, he portrays a, a gentleman in an upcoming TV Apple TV Plus miniseries called The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. Yeah, and he took on the role because his mom, his grandpa, his aunt, and his uncle all suffered from dementia. So it there's a history of it there. It doesn't say he has it, uh-huh. but because of this role, it's probably got him thinking a little bit about that could be a possibility okay. for him. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it just, I just thought it was interesting if those yeah. things showed up around the same time frame. Good point. Okay. So maybe something to promote or something to well, talk there's, about. There's the, here's the thing. There, there's something going on with him to bring attention to him, right? Sure. I don't know. Like yeah. you said, I don't even know if it has something to do yeah. with the Oscars or, or whatever. But people don't usually show up with, with new information without wanting some kind of attention. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and like we said, that original apology video went out the very first part of February. And now here we sit in March and this is where we are at. So yeah, very interesting timing, yeah. if you will. So yeah. I guess if you want to attach yourself to it and nothing against Samuel L, I'm sure he's a, a great dude, but it just seems very interesting that that continues to keep this story alive, but will it be for a day or two and then it'll fade away? Like So here's, else? so, so let's think about this for a second. Do you remember when we first started the podcast? What was that in 2017? Uh, 20, we, we started in March of 2018. 2018. So yeah, March, of, March of 2018. Yep. And at that time, when you and I went to that podcast convention, do you remember how many people they said that didn't weren't even aware that podcasts existed. Oh God, there was a huge statistic. There was, I mean, it was it was better than half of the country, right. if not more, that didn't even know they had an app on their phone that played podcasts. I actually went to my mom one time and said, "Oh, you should listen to our podcast. It's really great. David does an outstanding job." First of all, she said, "What's a podcast?" Second of all, she said, "Well, how much does it cost?" Yeah, like they didn't know that there was an app on your phone. That has changed considerably in the four years we've been doing this. But still, there's a large amount of people out there that maybe right. you don't take. Yeah, part so it was. So it was around half, a little better than a little half better of the than country half, yeah. yeah, at that time. What I think what'll be interesting, and I, I'll bet you what proves to be correct. My prediction is, I love it, is that this actually makes Joe more relevant, and his, his it actually grows. I think he'll have more fans than ever because that whole that whole thing pointed to him, and probably people are looking at him now that didn't even know who the hell Joe Rogan was. And they're going to dive into finding out what it's about. And they're going to find out they actually like the guy's show. Yeah. So. Yeah. So according to uh, an article a year ago, when we first started this back in 2018, it was around 45% of the, uh, people who listen to, let's say radio, never listen to podcasts. Now that number has become shifted over to, you know, 55% of the U. Well, I guess it is the same 55%. It hasn't moved much. So there's still people out there that aren't listening to podcasts. But if you are listening to a podcast, I think sometimes with Joe Rogan, people get a little intimidated by the length of his conversations, right. but there's a lot of depth in there. And it's just people having a conversation. I think that's what's really cool. But it would be interesting to see metrics of his spike in popularity from the beginning. Like Joe's been in the podcast game, you know, for over a decade. He's one of the original pod fathers. He was an early yeah. adopter to this to this medium. Since like 2010 or 2011, Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. he's been going for over a decade now. And because of that, he's he sort of had this rise, but it wasn't until like the last, I don't know, I, I would just guess like four or five years where he had this huge spike right. and it was probably the YouTube and all that stuff. And people were starting to get uh, interesting conversations, but during COVID he became a face of this, of this, you know, pandemic and probably much to his chagrin, he was just having conversations with people and it really got him into some, into some interesting territories that he probably never envisioned. But all that to say, it's really interesting to see. It will be interesting to see how his audience grows 
grows as it moves forward. It was funny because, you know, when Spotify was, you know, having a difficult time with Rogan and they were talking about sanctions, I was worried if they're going to let him out of his contract and, you know, yeah. uh, rumble or whatever. The CEO said, hey, we've got a hundred million reasons why you should come over to our right. to our side of the tracks, you know, which I thought was fascinating. I don't think he would leave Spotify to break his contract, but if they fired him, he'd find a way. He could start his own media conglomerate right now and still dominate the news cycle just because he's oh, that huge. smart. Yeah. I mean, he's so smart yeah. and he's got such a great following. And I'll be the first one to admit, I was not always a huge Rogan fan. I thought it was overplayed. It was too long. I like my content in bite-sized chunks. But after listening to him, he is just a, he, he embodies, I believe, what more of us should be. And that's curious about right. what's happening. Don't just take everything at face value and have these conversations. And he is having more difficult conversations with differing viewpoints, which I think is a, is a powerful. And I think that's the beauty of what comes out of what, what happened over the course of yeah. the last month. And, and there, you know, there've been a few people that have talked about, how well the show's done and pointed out how wrong we were to think that you couldn't keep somebody's attention for a long period of time. And it actually showed that there's a significant amount of people that are starving for a longer conversation, something more in depth, something more, um, uh, like you talked about, like you're, you're curious yeah. about it, people really wanting to know information. And one of the things that Joe is really great is that he has on interesting people. He does. You know, it's not just one narrative. It's not just MMA. It's not just comedy. But he looks at, he's like, I'm curious about this. Let's find somebody that talks about this, you know. Um, and it's whether, it, it doesn't matter whether you agree with anything or not. The idea is that you're really getting an in-depth look at how somebody else thinks about something. And that's valuable whether you agree with them or not. You know, the idea that we think that we should stop people that disagree with us from talking these days is insanity. I mean, it's absolute insanity. Yeah, you know, I think my initial, um, I wasn't quick to adopt the Rogan podcast was because he would have on people that I wanted to know, I wanted him to tell their story, but they've told their story a hundred times somewhere else. Yeah, I would tune into a podcast, say with, you know, like Rob Lowe. That was one of the first ones I listened to. And that wasn't that long ago. And I wanted to hear his origin story and they didn't talk origin story. Right. They just were two dudes talking. And I think that drove me crazy because I wanted to know a little bit more about who these people were, but they would end up going and talking like with Dan Aykroyd. I would love to hear Dan Aykroyd talk about his early years and breaking through and Saturday Night Live and all that stuff. He was basically, he went on and talked for an hour plus about aliens and about his his uh, his uh, alcohol brand, his tequila brand, yeah. I believe. And it wasn't what I had hoped for, but that's the beauty of Rogan. That's what he brings to the table. And I think it's just fascinating. But that was initially for me, I wanted to hear, I, I went from A to Z and this is the story step by step by step, which that's the podcast formula that most other people adhere to. Joe doesn't do that, right. which I think is really interesting. So getting back to cancel culture, I don't, feel as if cancel culture, we talk about it as much anymore. Is it because I'm just so damn desensitized to it that it just doesn't so. matter? Yeah. I mean, it's still here. Clearly people are still trying to cancel another's viewpoint every single day, but is it the desensitizing of that that has brought us to this point? I think it's also the pandemic because it the pandemic changed the narrative for everybody. So it really kind of, it was almost like the world hit pause right? So everything that would have been happening to put people into a cancel culture situation was being extremely limited by the pandemic. And because the news was running the narrative showing you the death numbers every day, nobody was really caring about what somebody else thought. You know, the, uh, 
Uh, you know, you have to remember, even in the middle of the pandemic, the whole George Floyd thing brought the cancel culture back up to the front again, just around something a little bit different at that time. And I don't think people were, th- were thinking cancel culture with George Floyd, even though there were, there were people that they were trying to cancel because of their viewpoints or what they accused their viewpoints of being. But I think because, because, that, because the pandemic kind of covered everything with a nasty gravy in, in life, that the, there was so much to talk about in that area there was no need to go and, and be digging for other stories because nobody was paying attention to sure. other stories, right? The yeah. story was how many people died today of COVID, you know, and then- And that's far more important than, you know, so-and-so said something about this person and there's beef in the in on Twitter because this person right, called out this person. or somebody touched my butt when I was 16. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, exactly. It, it, it makes total sense. And I think that was one of the things that I find fascinating with this whole cancel culture is it's never went away. It's still here. It's just there was something else that dominated the news and people didn't want to come across as petty when people were dying from a pandemic or are struggling with, um, you know, protests around the world or being, you know, bombarded in war or things of that nature. It just doesn't seem to be as relevant, but it always seems to be running in the background and on the fringe. It is. You'll see it pop up when when there's not a slow sensationalizing. News cycle. Yeah, a slow news cycle. Slow That's news better cycle. put than the way I was. Yeah, put absolutely. It. A slow yeah. news cycle really brings out these interesting things because these, uh, you know, print media is on life support. It's been on life support for quite some time. They've moved into the digital realm and they've got to get clicks. And if you don't get clicks, then you're obviously not going to be in business for very long. So if there's a slow news cycle, they need to find something to generate a story around and they'll glom on to the most ludicrous and in not important piece, but they'll get people to be invested in it. Like I was shocked that Joe Rogan of all people dominated the news cycle for weeks and weeks. It seemed like every day there was something new and it just blew my mind that this, you know, I remember him from fear factor back in the day. Like this is just a, this is just kind of a goofball, kind of a nut. He likes to have fun. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's, but now he's all of a sudden an activist. Well, I think we have to realize what prompted this. And that was that he embarrassed the fuck out of CNN with Sanjay Gupta. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, I mean, to I mean it really there was no turning that around that they lied about him that they lied about what he was doing and the fact that they actually had very significant um, numbers about the about about COVID all the medical stuff actually wrong I mean you know and with how many people watch that show you there was no way to get out from under it until we could figure out a way to actually silence him. And then he had the doctors, you know, he had those other doctors on. We, I mean, we interviewed McCullough yeah. and he had Malone on yep. and it, it, it was starting to really crack the narrative and, and cause a hell of a lot of questions. So that threatened people that don't want their narrative threatened. And then you have, you know, Neil Young yeah. come out and he's like, I'm going to squash this. But yeah. then you find out that, the company that bought his music is tied in with pharma and like, like there's like these, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, enough is enough. I yeah. think it just gets crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. That, that, and of course did. somebody had to dig, right? Let's, yeah. let's dig. Let's go look at every podcast. He doesn't find out the time that he really said something that we could sure. then spin Sure, and they found it. Well, and you know, the CNN was, was instrumental in trying to get back at the, you know, the Gupta interview that they felt like, 
Gupta got had on that interview and he, you know, they came across looking like buffoons and, yeah. you know, they were the ones that were really pushing. They, yeah. They thought they were going to like, yeah, spin they one thought, on well, now we're going to get back at Joe because of what he said and we're going to squash him and this whole thing about, you know, whatever it was, the N word or Spotify or whatever it was, we're going to take him down. And, you know, once again, they're left with egg on their face. I think it's yeah. just really, it's really a, a, a testament to what's going on in this day. But I love that you say, you know, stand up for yourself. I mean, you cannot take what other people are saying in this cancel culture of just take it on the chin and, and go away and hide because that's what they want. They won. Listen, this is no different than the schoolyard bully, yeah. right? Unless you stand up to them, unless you stop hanging around with the nasty people and go your own way, the, the, when it's your time to get bullied in this lifetime, which it will be for just about everybody at some point, that's what's going to happen Comes because around. there's no perfect people. Everybody makes a mistake. Everybody is in a, I mean, especially if you're looking to advance yourself in life, you're always going to piss off someone, you yeah. know, and Rogan just was the time that Rogan happened to piss off uh, like the wrong people because sure. they decided that they were going to crush him, which they don't have the ability to do. Yeah. And this is, this is something that's integral into building a successful mind is because the more successful you become, the more likely you open yourself up to criticism from people who want what you have, but it's not about you. It's about them. Although if you're not secure in who you are, which I'd like to believe that people who achieve a certain level of success are secure in who they are. If you are not, you are susceptible to those trolls or those people who want what you have and they're just projecting right. all over the place on you. And if you're not strong enough, you're going to succumb to it. So stand up for yourself. I think that's a big part of, um, you know, the successful mind. It's, it's, it's one of Jordan Peterson's, you know, his 12 rules for life, right? Yeah. Is, you know, yeah. sit up straight with your stand up straight with your shoulders back air of confidence. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I think that Joe Rogan does that. And I love that he hasn't changed. I was really worried that he was going to change the way he handles his show for a while. He went yeah. dark for like a week. I'm like, Oh my God. And yeah, this is from a guy who sorted out. Yeah. Got everything sorted out. Yeah. Silence was golden Decide what in that direction moment. he's going to take. And here he is bigger yeah. and better than ever. Yeah. So, I mean, people, people very, very much underestimate Joe because he's not the guy to go out there and brag and bolster and bully and do all of that. You know, he is a very humble man or appears to be a very humble man. And he does, he really tries to, to do the right thing. And I think that as long as a person sticks to that, they'll always come out ahead. Thanks, David. You bet. All right, everyone, a revisit of cancel culture and talking a little bit about Joe Rogan. I know we talk about Joe Rogan on our podcast, and this is a podcast about successful mind. And David and I both believe that Joe has a successful mind. And I like that he stood up to the cancel culture and it's gotten eerily quiet, it seems, on that front. So good for you, Joe. Keep on fighting the good fight. For the rest of you, let us know what you think about this episode. Leave us a comment down below. We'd love to hear from you. We rarely get comments on this channel. Please leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing or give us a, an idea down below about what you'd like to hear in a Full Throttle Thursday. We're happy to accommodate. We are here to serve our listener. And that, of course, is you. Ring that bell, subscribe to the channel, and we will see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com 
forward slash free stuff.